It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, team every, day, every, day, every, day, every day. Hey, day two of this. How about that? This is kind of like the official actual launch. If you already subscribed to this podcast, then but you understand what was going on on Friday because you got kind of a special soft launch to make sure that I knew what the hell I was doing getting this podcast up there. Nick Ashew, I'm the new host of the Locked On Redskins podcast from 106.7 The Fan and NBC Sports Washington. And the good thing is, is right now it's training camp. And what we're going to do a lot on this podcast is either hear from players, a lot of the interviews that you may not be able to hear during the day or when you're at work or whatever it is, but also the people down there covering it every day. I'm not going to be there every day, but I got a lot of people that are down there and they're just going to help us out, which is good. So today we're going to talk to Craig Hoffman, who's the Redskins beat reporter for 106.7 The Fan. A lot of great work at thefandc.com. He's also on Twitter at Craig Hoffman. He has live videos updates, individual practices. I mean, he's got all that stuff. And the most important thing, though, Craig, you tweeted was, well, Josh Norman having a bathroom break in the middle of practice. And we can confirm that this actually was a a bathroom break, right? (laughs) I I can't confirm it was a bathroom break, uh, but I can confirm he came back quickly. And the time that was typically uh, for a player leaving the field is a bathroom break. He kind of wandered towards the training tent and then looked like he asked someone, uh, like, where do I go? And I assume he was asking uh, which way the porta potties were. Uh, so, yeah, I started tweeting as I saw him you know, meandering towards the training tent going, oh, boy, that's not good. And then uh, instead of just deleting the tweet and being like, oh, this probably is not a big deal, uh, I wound up revealing to the world that Josh Norman did indeed go to the bathroom. And we can confirm it was the time length of a number one and not a number two, right? Yeah, it was really quick. Good. <laughs> we're off to a good start here. <laughs> uh, Deron Payne. Out for a couple weeks. We know Jay Gruden's not concerned about, should we be concerned about it at all? Uh, those seem to be two different questions. Jay Gruden was very non-concerned at the podium. Yes. Like I'm almost concerned at how non-concerned he I was. I feel like he's numb to this, uh, Craig. Like He's had so many injuries, now he just looks at him and says, like, well, another injury, okay. Yeah, but for at this point of the year, for a guy who's a rookie who you're going to be counting on, you, like it's really weird to be that nonchalant about it. But, I mean, Jay seems to just be chill about it. He seems to be extremely happy with where Payne is as a talent, uh, both his strength and physical ability at a young age as a rookie and his mental ability. He seems to just already nerve the defense and everything he's supposed to do. So, I mean, why is a rookie in a training camp? And that's where I'm like, uh, because he's a rookie, and that's kind of the the weird thing about this is just how nonchalant and and chill with the Gruden seems to be. And maybe you just kind of uh, play down any potential hysteria. If so, he's gotten way better at acting. Uh, but he seemed to be generally 
they're generally and genuinely not concerned. And uh, I, I would say that clearly most of us do not share that same calmness. They've addressed a need without question when it comes to the defensive line. There is talent there, but you worry about the health, obviously, and we're seeing an early sign of that now. If this defensive line stays relatively healthy by NFL standards, and we know that it's just impossible for every guy to play 16 games, they're big guys banging into each other, that's just life, it's physics. Right. If, if they stay relatively healthy by NFL standards, what is the potential in terms of expectations of this defensive line this year? I think they can be really disruptive and scout against the run, like disruptive against the pass where they eat blockers and let Kerrigan and Smith get sacks uh, or let Brown and Foster be more successful as blitzers and probably get a couple of sacks uh, amongst themselves. And in the run game, you know, be fairly stout, give up less than, you know, around that four yards per carry, less than four yards per carry magical number that everyone aims for. And so it's, I think they could be really good, uh, but the health is huge because you know, part of that being really good is whether it's Stacey McGee or Ziggy Hood or whoever the, the kind of end of rotation guys, even Tim Settle as a rookie, like those guys can't get overexposed. They need to be playing at most 15 to 17 snaps a game. They can't be playing 25, 30 snaps like they were last year. Nevertheless, having a Ziggy Hood, for instance, play nose tackle for 30 to 40 snaps a game, like that's, that's a recipe for disaster. So if they can keep Payne uh, and Allen and Ionitis healthy, I think that there's a huge upside. But those guys play the 25 to 30 snaps that they're capable of playing at an effective level can rotate and settle Hood, McGee, one uh, year, whoever it is that winds up making this team, those the, the rest of them are really quality NFL players, like average to maybe even above average. We'll have to see with some of them and how they grow, or some of these young guys, or on the older side, what they have left in the tank. But they're, they're NFL caliber players. You're not just putting Jags out there. Um, and so I, I do think that there's a, a pretty solid potential for them to be part of a very good defense. Talking to Craig Hoffman from Redskins Training Camp. I see that you spent about 10 minutes with Trent Williams. Uh, how'd that conversation go? What were some of the highlights from that? Uh, it was really good. Trent's always thoughtful. Um, I, he was more focused, I, I think, than he typically is when he talks to the media often. Trent is thoughtful, but meanders, and, and he was rather concise and kind of uh, it was it was a different kind of interview than I've ever had with him before um, and it was it was good because he was thoughtful about his rehab he was thoughtful about some of the comments that he's made and DJ Swearinger have made beginning uh, I would say twisted by fans other media whatever about shots at Kirk Cousins and so I wanted to put that was one of the big things I wanted to do was directly ask him about the the leadership comments he's made about Alex Smith and how they are relative to, or you know, are they basically relative to Kirk Cousins? And he was adamant that he loves Kirk and has so much respect for what Kirk did under his contractual circumstances last year. And then we actually talked a little bit more about it off mic too. And depending on how that conversation went, you know, I'm obviously going to protect uh, something that is off the record. But uh, the off the record stuff was the same exact thing as it was on the record, where he's going, look, like I, I have so much respect for everything that Kirk went through because we as players can separate what is going on with someone's contract and what they mean in the locker room. And because of the nature of the game, we're only focused on one year at a time. And so I was worried about Kirk last year. Now that Alex is here, like I've been really impressed with Alex and I like what he brings, but it's not anything relative to Kirk. So I wanted to clear that up and we were able to do that. 
um, on top of talking about how obviously his rehab and, and the different experiences and things he kind of took for granted as someone who had never had a surgery before, which is remarkable for a football player, specifically a lineman. And so um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing him back on the field more and more as camp goes, and uh, we will get that interview up here shortly. I think it's being worked on right now, actually, uh, to the fandc.com. Yeah, it's interesting because it's natural for people to automatically hear something said positive about Alex Smith from other players on the Redskins and assume that it's a knock on Kirk. It just well, People are just going to jump to that conclusion a lot. That's not always the case, but have you noticed early on or any conversations you've had with any players or coaches or anyone where maybe you did sense a little bit of a jab at Kirk now with Alex Smith there at all, or has it been kind of a common trend of just, hey, we love Alex and that's all that matters? Yeah, they love Alex, but I, I don't think that anything is like, oh man, I'm going to show her. Like it's not personal, but like there also are differences. You know, you can you can point out differences in, in places where, you know, I was having this conversation with um, with uh, another media member last night at dinner. Where you know, hey, well, he just goes, "What do you think of Alex?" And I said, "Well, I, I think there's some things that are very distinctly different, um, and I'm it's going to take some more time for me to figure out what the things are that Kirk did better, um, and that's going to come, I think, with games where I'm going to see something and go, man, Kirk would have made that throw, but there, you know, because the differences stick out like sore thumbs where." Smith throws with this anticipation, and, and that is just different than Cousins had. Uh, it's better. It, I mean, and that's not a knock of Cousins. There were certainly throws he made with anticipation, and, and Kirk is a very good quarterback. But Alex, you know, he's just seen so much, and he, he has this understanding of how windows are going to open that is just beyond anything that I, I remember. And maybe it's recency bias, but I just, there are times I'm just like, wow, I cannot believe he saw that throw. Uh, almost like when you watch an elite point guard, like you used to watch Steve Nash make passes, and you're like, I didn't even see that pass. Yeah. And, you know, Smith has that kind of same character and quality as a quarterback to see windows. And then obviously the biggest difference is the, the plays he makes on the move or there was these little subtle throws where like you climb the pocket and kind of flip it over the line to a running back. And I swear Kirk tried that pass you know, every other week for three years and never completed one of them. And Smith just makes it look so easy. Um, now there are other things that Kirk probably did better. Sure. Um, you know, but I, it's going to take more game tape and obviously this is day three and day one and pad of training camp. But, um, there, there are definitely differences in their stylistic play. Um, you know, and, and we'll see how that obviously plays out into an actual, pro- actual production, uh, leading this offense. Yeah. I've seen a lot of early returns in terms of positivity with Alex Smith and his chemistry with the offense right now. You've seen that too, I, I take it? Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and just the you know the calmness around the team, I think, is the biggest thing. And so, you know, but I think the offense had a better day today. Uh, yesterday, they were awful. Um, and that really had a lot more to do with how well the defense played yesterday. They were on top of everything. And so I think as the offense gets more, A, more pieces back, and B, gets more reps together, they're going to continue to get better versus – a starting defense that was this, that is essentially the same as it was last year, and even the guys that you know weren't here, you know, like Quinn Dunbar's out there a lot, uh, especially Nickel, and like he was around last year, even if he wasn't the starter. But I, I actually, kind of going back to your last question too of some of the differences, I think the biggest difference around this team, and Trent and I talked about this a little bit off mic, is everything last year and the year before and the year before, but especially last year, I felt like it finally reached a fever pitch. Was always viewed. The, in the, the prism of Kirk and the contract. And I was like, what does this walkthrough mean for Cousins' contract? And it was just like nothing because it's a walkthrough. You know, what? It, but it every pass, every, you know, every run play was like, oh, well, what is he trying to do this for stats? And it's just like, can we just let the guys play football? And I think this year 
everyone just gets to play football. Jay Gruden gets to coach football. You know, every, you know, the front office gets to make decisions about football and not everything is going through that prism. And I think that release of pressure is kind of the feeling that's different around camp this year. And so in some ways that's tied directly to Alex in some ways, obviously that's, that's tied to the quarterback that isn't here, but in terms of fault, I don't know how much, like, I don't think it's anyone's fault. Each side had a legitimate argument and reason why they acted the way they did. And now, uh, you know, they've moved on from that entire situation. And there is a definite different feeling around Richmond this year. Uh, in terms of injuries, Craig, we obviously talked about Deron Payne. Anything else really of note? It seems like that's the only big one. I'm seeing a lot of guys day to day and things like that. Yeah, uh, Orlando Skandrick missed morning practice with back spasms, so that's obviously not ideal, uh, having him miss the first day of, of padded practice, a guy who's who's been pretty good so far and flashed a couple of times. Uh, Ryan Anderson is back, also has back spasms day-to-day. He looked pretty good the first couple of days and is trying to rebound from a disastrous rookie year in terms of production, and, and he's had nothing but rave reviews from everyone I've talked to around the organization throughout the entirety of the offseason. So he really needs to get back on the field and prove it quickly. And that is probably their thinnest position outside linebacker. I don't, I don't know where they ha- what they have uh, beyond Pernell McPhee and Anderson, Smith, and Kerrigan. So uh, that that could be significant. If he, but also at the same time, you know, he's going to make the roster. So it, it gets some of these other guys and Alex McAllister, Pete Robertson, some extra snaps. And I guess that's not the worst thing in the world, even if Anderson needs them himself. Um, and then there's one more. I'm completely forgetting about it right now. But Anderson's the big one. Oh, Zach Brown. Brown is uh, was back in today uh, on a limited basis, playing some reps in seven on seven, some in eleven on eleven with a quad strain. He'll continually work back and get more and more re- more work as we go. All right, we got more coming up with Craig Hoffman in a second here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. You are Locked On Redskins, your daily podcast on the Washington Redskins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. Every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Look, we're all busy at times, right? Like, it's really hard to find time to go to the gym. We hear it all the time. You got vacations in the summer. You've got tons of work, maybe in the wintertime, whatever that is. You need motivation and maybe you want a trainer or a group class, but that's time consuming. It gets really expensive after a while. If you've ever wished that you could have the gym come to you, Nordic Track has a series of training equipment that would give you amazing workouts in the convenience of your homes. So you don't have to leave, which is great because a lot of times we just don't want to leave our house. They got treadmills, exercise bikes, incline trainers, strength, whatever you're looking for. They have all of this. You put it in your home. You don't leave. You don't drive. You don't sit in traffic. You don't deal with other sweaty people that don't wipe down the machines. It's perfect. You can even, check this out, join high-energy streamed workouts any time of the day without stepping out the door because we love technology. And again, it's another way that you don't actually have to leave your house and still not be totally lazy. Here's the cool thing, too. You can join these streamed workouts in studios and exotic destinations around the world. Like They're really creative with this, too. Start your day with a run through the streets of Paris. You can end with cross-training on the shores of Thailand or work out on the African safari or work out on an African safari and you don't actually still, again, have to leave your house at all. The workouts are led by 
the world's top personal trainers to ensure that you meet your fitness goals. And we got a special offer for Locked On Redskins listeners. Get $75 off your Nordic Track purchase by visiting nordictrack.com slash locked on and using the offer code locked on. Again, that's N-O-R-D-I-C-T-R-A-C dot com slash locked on and use the offer code locked on during checkout and save $75 off your purchase with Nordic Track. You are locked on Redskins. Craig's got a lot of stuff on his Twitter, at Craig Hoffman, a lot of videos of practice. One of the things you tweeted out was Paul Richardson making this sideline grab. How has he looked? How has his chemistry looked with Alex Smith so far? Well, he's he just caught another sick ball on the back uh, of the, the end zone uh, with Orlando Skandrick draped all over him. Uh, he looked great. I mean, it's, a couple of days ago, he had kind of a rough day. Uh, he hurt himself late or just went down really hard. And it, was been, it was the last period of practice and kind of set out the final 10 minutes or so. Um, so, he's, you know, he, what, what's really key for him is to be able to use his speed to leverage uh, the deep speed into other things, scare people vertically, and then, you know, use your quickness to cut and break and get open underneath or, or as he just did on the back line of the end zone and then show off uh, some pretty good hands. He's always been great at tracking the ball. It's one of the things that I know the Redskins are really high on him as a scout. Uh, not, you know, in the, in the past, not only when they were looking at him in free agency, but coming out of college, I know they really liked him a lot, and that was one of the big things. Uh, so I think for him, it's continuing to develop chemistry with Alex Smith. It's continuing to learn this route tree and exactly how Jay Gruden wants it run. And then from there, it's just use your God-given physical abilities, which he has in absolute loads. Uh, I see they're doing a lot of red zone work. How many fades have you seen in the red zone work so far today? Uh, well, outside of one-on-ones, not any. Um, oh, I think it's kind of a myth at this point, really. I, I mean, how many did we see last year? The answer is not that many. Right. Of course, everyone freaked out whenever they happened. But, you know, I was having this conversation with someone the other day, another media member, and it's like, I actually wish they would throw it up to Doxon more. That's why they drafted him. Um, and so, you know, you got Jordan Reed back as well. He's been successful on those in the past. Uh, so it, it's just a matter of getting down in position and setting guys up to, to properly, you know, get the separation you need. It's a really intricate route. Um, as it's telling you, that downs gets essentially comes down to who can jump higher. Um, but no, the, the, the red zone fade has not been heavily featured so far. Yeah, when I look at this team, I mean, there's certainly a lot of offensive talent. One of the things that worries me, they have a lot of talent, but they're also injury-prone players. When they're handling guys like Jordan Reed, like Chris Thompson out there, is it? are you seeing them, I don't want to say being babied, but treated a little bit differently in terms of how they're practicing this early on, or is it pretty much even with everybody else for the most part? No, those guys are being held out. Um, and even to the point where Jay said today that he thinks Jordan Reed could practice fully, and uh, they're not doing that yet. They, they would rather keep him away from contact. So it's very limited to no reps in team situations for Thompson, Reed, Williams, and Moses. Those are the big four that they're kind of monitoring. And, uh, you know, with CT and Jordan, those guys are back in seven-on-seven situations. Uh, obviously, there's no linemen in those situations. So limited stuff, uh, you know, basically on-air drills. And then maybe some one-on-one reps for Moses and Williams. It just depends on the day and exactly how they're feeling. And, and kind of the thing is they've got a plan. And then they adjust as needed as, as they go. If the guy's feeling better, maybe they ramp it up a little bit. If the guy's not having, not really feeling it, you know, it's a little sore, you back off. But uh, those guys are definitely being treated treated uh, differently as we are still very, very far away from camping over, nevertheless, the season starting. 
Talking to Craig Hoffman, is there a guy that maybe is, you know, that under-the-radar guy? There's always one or two every single year at camp becomes the preseason hero. Do you have, like, an early prediction for a preseason hero? Yeah, um, Danny Johnson's an undrafted free agent at corner that they really seem to like. Jay always mentions him in the mix. He's played pretty well. I just don't know if they have the room for him. That's going to be the interesting thing about it. Is they've got so many corners, including, you know, the two VT guys they drafted and Stroman and Alexander, the supplemental draft pick this year. And, you know, Fabian Burrow, Quinn Thumbar, Orlando Standard, Josh Norman. Like, there's a ton of corners on this team that are super talented. Um, or, if, you know, there's been a bigger investment made. And I just, like, right now, I would take Danny Johnson over Greg Stroman. I wouldn't think twice about it for early in camp. But um, there's, I think Danny Johnson, the guy to really keep an eye on, is like an undrafted free agent who could definitely make this team. And has uh, played pretty well, not only so far in camp, but throughout the spring. Could Phil Taylor still make this team this year? Yeah, he could. Um, I wouldn't predict it as of yet. You know, he's got to show that he is really a difference maker and it's going to be effective in, in that nose tackle role. Um, and, it, you know, that's kind of what he's driving through on pain. But I think Taylor's got a chance because, in part, pain is hurt right now. And it's not that they are concerned about him for the regular season, but if you are a guy who needs to prove yourself and you're going to get extra reps and extra opportunity because a guy ahead of you is hurt, like that's a real chance for him to showcase what he can do. Uh, and, and obviously that's going to be more preseason game reps as well. And so this is a guy that's not only fighting to make this team, but if, if there's not room for him here if, in those preseason games where the tape is available to every team, you know, he can improve himself and maybe get himself on a roster somewhere else if he were to get cut here. So I think Bill Taylor is, is obviously still, and despite having not played in a long, long time in a real NFL game, has not given up on the stream of playing in the league and uh, is obviously a very talented player, as we know, from our first-round pick, who does have a chance to make this roster, albeit probably less than 50% chance. Craig, last year they took Monte Nicholson and surprised a lot of people, and when he was out on the field, he impressed, played well. Troy Apke was the guy they took in the fourth round this year where a lot of people kind of scratched their heads a little bit. I see that there are some good early returns on him. What have you seen in practice? Yeah, he's, I mean, he's definitely kind of been where he's supposed to be. I, it's one of those things where it's hard to really break it down in real time. And, you know, as you talk to people as camp goes, you try to figure it out uh, of, of how happy they are with him. But, it, I mean, he looks the same as Nicholson playing that position in terms of the, kind of the, the speed, the depth, all the, all the basic things. And it's just a matter of, you know, Nicholson, we've seen then turn that into real-life physicality and games and, uh, we haven't seen that with Appy yet. And, you know, Monte's a, a lot, not a lot, but it is bigger. Um, I think people were maybe underselling how big Appy is a little bit and saying that he's undersized, but he is, uh, he's proven so far to, to have the, the range and the instincts and everything for the advertise. But this is also a guy that unless Monte gets hurt, he's going to be primarily a special teams player. So, you know, pay attention to that in the preseason for sure. Yeah, one of the things, too, besides the safety position is the cornerback position where there is a lot of young players there with certainly a lot of expectations. With Kendall Fuller gone now, Fabian Moreau kind of steps in as one of the names that's been thrown around. It's like the guy that's going to step into what Kendall Fuller used to be when it was, you know, he was the, the slot corner that was drafted a little lower because of injuries but was a, maybe a first-round talent. Fabian Moreau, when you watch him out there, you watch the rest of this cornerback group, what have you seen? Yeah, I've seen some really good players. Um, as I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of good depth. Um, it goes all the way down to the undrafted free agents and Danny Johnson. 
but I think that what we've seen so far from Fabian has been pretty good. I think when Jumbar's had a good camp so far, Skandrick's been really good. Um, sat out yesterday as a veteran day, but he's been really good so far. Um, you know, Norman always, it's, it's, he's an adventure a little bit in camp um, because he's always trying stuff and, and testing things out with his footwork, testing things out with his, um, you know, with, with his technique. And so, yeah, you know, I never feel like he has a great camp, and then he goes out and he, he performs at an extraordinarily high level during the season. And so I think from that corner position, Moreau's probably got an uphill battle just because there's so many guys in front of him. But he's shown versatility. I actually asked Jay about him this morning because he has, uh, you know, he played slot yesterday with, with uh, Skandrick off for the day. And obviously Josh Holsey, who I haven't mentioned yet, is out after dropping that, uh, that table on his foot. Uh, which sucks for him. Oh, I've yeah. always been one. Um, but I think Fabian showed really well in the slot yesterday, and obviously he's played a lot more outside corner. So um, we, I, he's definitely going to make the team. It's just a matter of what, how effective could he be if he actually had to play after last year when he, I, I think, was not very good when called upon, but was an effective special teams player, and obviously that's going to help him, uh, you know, his standing with the coaches as well. I, I don't expect that to drop off. Craig, everybody's obviously excited about Darius Geis, and rightfully so. Uh, what have you seen from him from a football standpoint out there? Yeah, it's, it's hard for running backs because, you know, obviously no contact, and especially for Geis to evaluate him as part of his, uh, you know, part of his appeal is this physical running style, and you just don't get a chance to see it. But he's been good so far as, as advertised. Um, he's got some nice bursts to him. He's got some explosiveness. Um, so we will see uh, exactly what it is as we get into preseason and, and maybe some of those joint practices with the Jets if those get a little more physical if he starts blowing guys up, which I would not put past him. So, uh, you know, he, he flew it out of the backfield too, catching the ball, which is nice. Um, that's kind of an element that I think they've been really frustrated with in some of their first and second down backs, guys who haven't, they can't really trust in the passing game. So um, I have seen nothing to say that, that Darius guys isn't what he has been advertised to be, but at the same time, it's not like there's been these, these aha moments of like, wow, this guy's amazing, uh, just because of the nature of the practices. All right, and he's got plenty of updates on Twitter, at Craig Hoffman. Check out his work at thefandc.com as well. Always good talking to you, buddy. Keep up the good work. Yes, sir. I'm on Twitter, at Nick Ashew. Of course, nickashu.com as well for a lot of other D.C. sports coverage along with Redskins. This is the Locked On Redskins podcast. You are Locked On Redskins. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.